the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. That presidents get what they give in states of the union and addresses. So when when George W. Bush goes up to announce the axis of evil, it's very somber. When Obama comes in and accuses Citizens United of being wrong, Alito speaks out. And last night, there was just so much absurdity in that speech. He got a lot of derision. And I don't know that it was unexpected. He may have wanted it, actually. Oh, I strongly suspect that was the case. Uh, Look, you know, there's a Republican House. Biden knows he's not going to get the legislative agenda through that he got through for the past two years. This is the prelude to the 2024 campaign. Uh, A lot of my colleagues pointed out how Trumpy it was in certain ways, emphasizing blue collar workers, emphasizing people left behind, emphasizing jobs where you don't need a high school degree. Uh, The idea that he was not going to get Hillary Clinton, uh, or at least that's the game plan for the next two years. I also heard a lot of Bill Clinton 1996, right? This, This big, small ball. There's no problem so small in this country that the federal government cannot leap into action to take it. Are you annoyed by those resort fees at hotels? The federal government's going to jump into action. Are you annoyed by that fee? On you know, the, the, At some point, it's going to turn into, and why is popcorn so expensive at the movie theater? You know, I'm going um, to put on there, why is Jim Garrity not wearing a tie on the Hugh Hewitt show on the Salem News Channel? You know, Jim, I have a paperweight. I think it's unique among broadcasters. I've got a newsletter to write. I, I've I'll got a paperweight on, on my desk. Can you see this? This is a, I picked it up in a London flea market 30 years ago. It's Gladstone. They used to make Gladstone grand old man paperweight. I don't think we're ever going to, he was 80 years old when he finished up. I don't think we're ever going to compare Biden to Gladstone. So let's go to the elephant in the room. Uh, As a, just an example of the president's inability to talk, we're going to play cut number 27. Make no mistake. If you try anything to raise the cost of presidential jobs, I will veto it. Okay, so I will veto it. What'd you think, Jim? Actually, this has become more and more common in Biden's speeches. And when everybody says, ah, he's fine. Look, we saw this guy for eight years as vice president of the United States. We remember him for the, we know this isn't the same guy. We know that age is affecting him in a way that can no longer be ignored. Most of the time we can figure out when he kind of mumbles what he's referring to and the importance of jobs and and stuff, you know, okay, fine. Um, Look, we know that even if Biden wins another term, the odds of him finishing at age 85, 86 uh, as president are not terribly likely. I do think that's, by the way, driving some of this panic about Kamala Harris, this recognition that, okay, Biden wants to run again. But the idea of him serving another six years or so, a little bit less than six years in the oval, behind the Resolute desk in the Oval Office is just very hard to see. We know we can look at his schedule. We know he spends every weekend back in Delaware. We know he rarely does events before 10. We know he rarely does events after, later than two in the afternoon. He's got about four or five good hours a day, it appears. And yeah, he's, he's keeping journalist hours. 
He's keeping journalist hours yeah. now. Uh, Jim, let me ask you a little bit about um, last night and looking forward. I spent last night with Mike Pompeo. I did a book interview at the Nixon Foundation with about 800 people. While the, the book is done exceptionally well for a Trump memoir. Of, of the four four-year books, Kellyanne Conway, Jared Pol, uh, uh, Kushner, Mike Pence, and Mike Pompeo. Pompeo's is sold by far. Book. That book. This book that I've, I've yes. It, it's a, it's a fabulous read. But, yes. you know, they start debates on the Republican side, and I expect Pompeo to run, though he wouldn't confirm it last night. And I'm Switzerland. Whoever gets the nomination, I'll support. I just want him to answer serious questions. They'll start in July. I don't think the president is going to do the debates because, A, the Republican Party has sunk the debate commission. That's done. I think they're going to use that as an, as an excuse to keep the president off of a debate stage because he can't get through a 90-minute debate, Jim. It's conceivable uh, that you'll see something like that. I would point out that the debates in 2020 didn't go as badly for Biden as they hoped. One, because there were two instead of three because Trump got, caught COVID. Secondly, because the first debate, Trump was shouting over him the whole time. And I Trump think had COVID. the debate went better. Yeah, Trump had COVID. The second debate went better when actually Trump wasn't shouting over him the whole time because that's when Biden said, yes, we're going to eliminate gas and oil. Uh, yeah, Biden got, Biden's mouth got himself in trouble more often when he had a chance to speak, which kind of you, you wonder about what the philosophy was going to that first one. Uh, add another four years onto Biden. Yeah, these debates could be really rough for Biden, but, you know, Biden is, you know, the, the, yes, you say, okay, because of the lack of COVID, uh, Biden won't be able to do the usual, you know, basement campaign or something like that. Well, in 2020, the 2022 midterms, Biden didn't certainly didn't do any big rallies like Obama did. Well, he, he went to Maryland. He, did. He, he campaigned in Maryland, Jim. Yeah, you know, he went to, he went to very safe places. And when it came up to help Fetterman, he did generally closed door fundraiser events and short taped appearances and stuff like that. So like, I'd like to believe that this is going to hurt him, but we've seen two straight election cycles, Hugh, where this didn't really hurt Biden. Well, it's I don't very, know if it's going to hurt I, him. I, enough, yeah, Biden being incapable. I just don't think he's going to be out there. Now, I'm curious in the morning jolt. Give us a little preview of your National Review Daily Newsletter. I'm sure it's going to be the State of the Union. By the way, which justices were there last night? I had to listen to it. I didn't get to see it because I was going to the library with Pompeo. Which of the of the nine showed up? Because my Washington Post column today is about the Supreme Court. I'm just wondering who uh, came last Kavanaugh, night. Kavanaugh, Coney Barrett, and most of the left. Uh, Kagan, I saw. Roberts was there. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if I remember seeing Sotomayor. Um, so it looked like it looked probably like five or six of them. Yeah, the chief showed up. That's what I wanted to know because the the Washington Post column today. So today the morning jolt will be about last night. What's the lead? You must have written the lead already. Yeah, uh, first one is about Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, uh, and the discussion of the. I, I went back and I looked at that when Byron Donald appeared on Joy Reid's program, and Joy Reid just you know he said you know Social Security will be insolvent by twenty thirty five. That is straight from the trustees. This is not some crazy theory. This is right. not some right-wing think tank projection. And Reed just acted like a malfunctioning robot and kept saying, that is not true. That is not accurate. That, and she said it like, like 12 times in a row. That is not accurate. She didn't have a counter argument. She didn't have other figures. She just kept asserting that it was not true. Newsflash. It is true. Um, the second thing I wanted, I'm going to talk about and that I think is kind of significant is, Hugh, if you went to bed early, and I'm, by, by early I mean like 10, 10, 15, 
would you know that we're, there's a Russian invasion of Ukraine? No. You, you, you could have missed the, the, the vague allusion to the Chinese spy balloon. Right. Oh, there! I didn't I catch any allusion to the Chinese. Mike Pompeo and I were talking about the fact that this is a yeah. major national security breach of extraordinary importance that did not happen under Trump, and no one is talking about it seriously. It was quick and it was vague. It was one line. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. That was it. No word balloon, no details, no updates, nothing like that. Um, and so one of the things that you look, I know... Yes, you know, I'm sure the focus groups were more excited about hotel resort fees than they were about the ongoing, biggest land war in, in Europe since World War II and Chinese efforts to undermine U.S. national security. But just because, you know, that's what the focus groups like doesn't mean the president isn't kind of obligated to talk about this. You know, Jim, I, I'm noticing Tom- on that point, I, I didn't know he'd done that. Mm-hmm. I went to the Republican winter meeting last week and I paid a hotel resort fee. And I complain about it, but I'm wealthy enough to complain about hotel resort fees. How many people do you think even know what he's talking about? Oh, I mean, like some do, but my, yes, this, like I said, this is Bill Clinton fluffing the pillows government. This is uh, every little <laughs> thing that ATM fees, aren't they the worst, you know, this fluffing the pillow? I'm, I'm stealing yeah. that. Part of, the, uh, part of the cost of being a regular on the Hugh Hewitt show is I steal your stuff like a Catskill shameless comedian. Uh, Bill Clinton fluffing the pillow speech. Is that in the morning, Jolt? Yeah, you know, this is the most innocent reference to Bill Clinton and fluffing you've ever heard, Hugh. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.